As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Marie Elizabeth Molly, and she's a midlife transformation specialist. That's right, midlife. If you're at your midlife, she's the gal for you. Transformation specialist who works with successful professionals who struggle in their personal relationships. She also shows people how to let the love and pleasure they cultivate in their relationships expand their professional success. She believes accessing your spiritual essence is the key to transforming limiting beliefs. We all have those about yourself and about what you're capable of. Experiencing the depth of who you are, how you describe it, is the path to wholeness, personal power, and being proactive in your life. Marie Elizabeth is also a published poet with an MFA in poetry from Sarah Lawrence College and an underwater photographer who has a thing for sharks. We're going to get into that because that's just intriguing. So (laughs) Marie Elizabeth, you can find her at M-E- Molly, and I'm going to spell that. It's M-E-M-A-L-I dot com. And that's where you can find her. And she's going to have a free gift for us. She'll share with you at the end. But Marie Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Welcome to Broken Catholic. Go ahead and take just about 30 seconds and share. Fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Thank you, Joseph. Um, some of the gaps. I grew up in New York City and uh, I my family comes from multiple countries. So I actually left the country twice before I was a year old and grew up speaking three languages. So my father's side of the family is Venezuelan and my mother's side of the family is in Sweden. And so I I grew up with this profound desire to connect with people across lines of difference because I was going to different countries and at the same time feeling like I didn't belong anywhere because... Mm. Anywhere that I found myself, there were two-thirds of me not there in a certain way, right? So um, that led to becoming a spiritual seeker very early in life. And in high school, I began reading Zen, uh, Chinese philosophy, things like that, that really turned me inward into this inquiry of who am I really? 
and who is God really? And how do I connect with that? And so I've really been on that road since my teens. See, these are the two burning questions I believe we have in all of humanity is who am I and why am I here? Amen. And we're all searching for those two answers. Most of the time, I think, and this is my own personal journey, we're searching for God who has the answers to those two questions because he created us. And we're searching for God in all the wrong places. I totally agree. And we're filling what I call the God-sized hole in our heart that can only be accessed by him. I think of uh, the, the thumbprint security access, right? Yes. And just like each of us has a unique thumbprint identifier, right? No two humans are the same uh, fingerprint. I believe God has a fingerprint for each of our hearts that only he can access. That is what we're searching for, is for him mm-hmm. to, to come into our hearts. But we don't know how to just go to him and just say, Lord, take over. Like, you have what I want, and we don't know how to surrender our egos. So before we get into your story, um, share something personal about you. There are very few people in your business life actually know. Something real, something raw, something vulnerable. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, uh, let's, I, I'm such an open book. I need a second. I'm such an open book that I'm, I'm seriously looking for something that people who know me in business wouldn't know because I actually am very open about my life. <laughs> so, what about something? maybe something um, I don't know? Oh, um, do you know that I'm divorced? No, but that's not super vulnerable, is it? That's not super vulnerable. Let's see. Do you know that, um, do you know that I have two hip replacements? I drove my body into the ground so intensively that I had to have both my hips replaced around, uh, 49, 50 years old. Wow. Now, what do you do when one hip's getting replaced? Did you still have another hip or both at the same time? I, uh, I did one at a time, a year apart. So wow, the first, um, and this was super intense because the first one got replaced and you have to do all this movement to recover from surgery. But I was in so much pain in the, in the unreplaced hip that it actually affected how much I could do, uh, even though the new hip felt good, you know, and then... Once I replaced the second hip, then, I mean, within a few weeks, I, I was in heaven. I mean, to this day, to almost uh, two years later, a year and a half later, I give thanks every day that I can walk. Wow. Every day. So can I speak to that? Because I just had an insight with your two hip replacements, right? You said when the first hip was recovering, I was in such pain like that it was actually taking away or diminishing maybe the, the, the second hip. Right. And it's like, I think of our faith journey when God is transforming one area of our life, we can feel the other areas of our life are diminished because we're Mm -hmm. in so much pain going through that, that butterfly effect, that transformation, that letting go of the old or dying to ego. And that until we let go of both, we get the second, I'm going to call it heart replacement. (laughs) And we let God fully into all areas of our life. It's only after that, that all of a sudden we can walk again. We can get up and walk as Jesus healed the, you know, the leper and the the cripple. He's like, get up and walk. 
but I can. I've been crippled my whole life, Lord. I've been crippled. Well, many of us are emotionally crippled or spiritually crippled our entire life. We were born into limiting belief systems. We were born into childhood trauma, childhood abuse. And it's all we know is this crippled way of living. Yes. And God says, no, I will heal you. Get up and walk. So thank you for just letting me go there for a second because I just saw that picture. They went I together. What it's beautiful, and it actually sparks something for me that I'd like to share, which is, um, it, it's, it's similar. It's like this notion of self-will versus surrender, right? Mm. And, and I had so much self-will uh, in terms of how I pushed my body, and I wanted my body to be in shape, and I kept working out even though I was in pain. And I was born with dysplasia, so I mean, it was going to happen eventually, but because I was a dancer and then a yoga, then I did yoga for many years and then I did intense cardio in my early 40s. So there was a lot of impact. I ended up wearing them out sooner than I would have had I listened to my body more carefully. And I think there's a similar uh, point in the spiritual journey that, you know, uh, somehow we internalize this idea that when bad things happen, it's a punishment. I don't know about you, but I certainly internalize that, that that you know, I had to really wrestle with what did it mean that my hips, you know, that I that I could barely mm. walk for five years. That I, you know, I felt like my my life was being taken away from me. I felt completely like a victim, right? Mm -hmm. And I had to surrender that and recognize, no, this is there's a deeper lesson here that I'm not connecting to right now because I'm stuck in this victim place. Mm. So by shifting my perspective and beginning to ask. How is this happening for me? You know, this mm. is not happening against me. This is not God striking me down because I'm an egoic, willful being. That's not actually what's happening here. My mind wanted to make that meaning, but I had to go underneath that and find the place where the lesson was for me. And what I really discovered was that the more I can surrender and look for the moments of grace, the moments of good, the moments of where I can really feel God working in my life, the more I connect to that every day, even in the midst of debilitating pain, I can have joy. Mm, amen to that. You bring up so many good things here, Marie Elizabeth. So like speak to my listener right now who is in that hip replacement stage of their life or heart replacement stage of their life or that struggle or that situation they don't know a way out of and they've gone internal and they somehow think those limiting beliefs of victim, why, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? Why are other people around me winning in their lives and I'm losing, right? That we all can relate with this. So speak to that listener right here, right now, heart to heart, as to what to do with that and then how to get out. Like what are the specific, say, three steps they can take to go from that victim feeling to that feeling of joy? So the first step is the step that I did, which was looking for how is this happening for me instead of fixating on what's against me. So that's step one. Step that. two is to ask yourself what quality, rather than focusing on the problem. So here's the difficulty with chronic pain is that it's very consuming, right? From the moment you wake up, and this is chronic emotional pain too, physical, emotional, mental, any kind of pain, it consumes you from the moment you wake up 
to the moment you go to sleep, right? And so in order to begin shifting your experience and being able to access the surrender that God is asking you to have, the question is not why is this happening to me, which is puts you firmly in victim. The question becomes what quality or qualities am I being asked to develop through this experience? In what way is God asking me to become stronger, more patient, uh, wiser, more peaceful, joyful, what free? Where is the freedom in the midst of this painful experience? Where can I access that freedom? Because God is that. Mm. So that would be step two. Mm-hmm. Ask yourself, what is the quality I'm being asked to develop and strengthen by this experience? Get your attention off the experience entirely. Quit thinking about the problem. This is so good. Keep going. What's your number three? Yeah. Number three is find something to be grateful for. Even in the midst, you know, even in the worst of days when I could barely walk, I could give thanks for, well, I put my feet down on the floor from the bed and I was able to walk five steps before the agony began. Mm. I got five steps this morning Mm. or someone brought me a cup of water uh, without my having to ask for it because they could see I was struggling. Or, oh, the, the bank teller smiled at me today, right? But to actually train yourself, even in the midst of the worst suffering, to look for something to be grateful for. And I don't mean in the kind of Band-Aid mm-hmm. affirmation, kind of let's bypass and not feel our pain and just you know pretend everything is great kind of way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about real, hard-won gratitude that's based on a choice, that's based on mental strength. That is to say, I am not my experience. I am more than this experience. And it's my choice to look for something to be grateful for. To where, how do I find God here? That's mm-hmm. kind of the shortcut for step three is, how do I find God right here? Mm. That is, all right, girl. You know, I asked you to share something personal. We got to hips. There's no accidents here, okay? <laughs> Look at the entire conversation that God is bringing right here, right now for my listener. And, and it all started with hip replacement, right? But the, the, look at the deeper messages. This is like, I'd say 90% of the world struggles with this. Victim feeling versus feeling joy in your suffering. We all suffer. It's part of life. Life comes with suffering. That's the point. It's, to, it's trial by fire, so to speak, right? It's to better us, to complete us, to perfect us, whatever you want to call it, pur- purify us. And most of us don't know how to handle suffering. And society teaches something completely different. See, biblically, God speaks to us and says suffering is good, right? Jesus came and he, he suffered on the cross to do what? As a sacrifice, because what is sacrifice? It's love right? Love without sacrifice isn't real love. It's just a feeling. It's an emotion. It's passing. It's fleeting. So it's like God set the example of embrace the suffering, embrace the crosses, and I will bring you joy and peace of mind through the suffering. I'm not going to take it away. But most of us don't know what to do with suffering. So society teaches escape it, numb it, 
run from it, pop this pill, drown it out, drink it away, sex it away, right? And there's all Watch different ways, movie. right? Watch movies, numb it out, but not face the suffering and then do what you're saying, which is heroic. Here's three heroic steps, BC Nation, that Marie Elizabeth is gifting to you right now, I believe. She's contributing to your life. Number one, how is this happening for me rather than against me? That changes the entire mindset, right? It, it shifts right. everything. And you can't have victim thoughts when you say, how is this happening for me? Like they can't coexist. And then number two, she says, what qualities are you being asked to develop by this experience? Is God wanting you to get stronger, to get wiser, to become more patient? I know in my situation, I, I prayed, Lord, like, you know, uh, grant me um, humility. Well, that's a dangerous prayer. It's a very dangerous prayer. <laughs> yeah, because it's not like a magic wand. It's like, here's humility, like on a silver planet. No, it looks like here's opportunities to practice. Here's humiliation. That's it. Thank you. You said it better. Here's humiliation. How do you get humility? You get humiliation first. Humiliation. That's exactly it. And you know then- what that reminds me of? Sure. Real quick, before step three, that reminds me, Oprah Winfrey has a saying, if you pray for patience, get ready for long lines at the bank. <laughs> yeah, got that. So step three, BC Nation, Marie Elizabeth says, find one thing each day to be grateful for. One thing. I had one of my other guests, Kinsey Ray, uh, on the show. She's a professional model, and uh, she built a really successful career, and she's now pretty much retired and everything like that. But uh, she shared on the show how when she was um, about 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, uh, she was cutting herself uh, mm -hmm. with razor blades, right? And because she hated herself. And everyone around her was like, you're beautiful, you're gorgeous, all this stuff. But she didn't see herself that way. And she yeah. would take a razor to herself because she felt powerless and out of control. And she said, cutting herself was the only control she had over her life. She yeah. could cause herself pain. Yeah. And, and it sounds so like, what? But the reason why I bring that up, I was like, how'd you get out of it? She's like, I found one thing every day to be grateful for. And Joseph, it could have been the smallest thing. I put my feet yeah. on the floor that day. And I, I just said, I'm grateful I put my feet on the floor that day. I got up today where she wanted to sleep all day. She was so you know depressed and everything. And she had a loving environment around her. Her parents fully loved her and everything. And she still had all those dark thoughts. So BC Nation, I want you to know if you're sitting with that in that space right now of depression, dark thoughts, uh, possibly suicidal thoughts, know that you're not alone. This is humanity. It comes with suffering. Maria Elizabeth is introducing you to, here's what to do with your suffering. Don't go it alone. Give it to God. Surrender it up. Lift it up. Literally give up. In society, give up expression is a negative term. You don't give up. That means you're weak. You, yeah. you lost the battle. You got to keep fighting. No, but what we're saying is give up. Like give it up to God. Oh. Give yes. up this, the situation. Give up the pain. Give up the struggle. Give up your control over it. Give up your ego over it. And when you do this, man, God's peace and joy, they, they slowly come in and you grow. All right. So I love this conversation, girl. Like That's brilliant. Your brilliance just showed up like powerfully. <laughs> All right. Speak to me about God um, and, and make it, let's do it as quick as possible. Uh, what uh, faith or denomination, what you raised in or what you not, um, like what was that early, uh, what did that picture look like growing up? And then fast forward it to today where you're at in your spiritual journey. 
Well, I was raised Episcopalian. It's kind of funny because my father was Roman Catholic and then as being of Venezuelan descent. And then my mother was Lutheran being mm -hmm. Swedish. And so when they came together, um, they, my mother didn't really resonate with the Catholic church and my father didn't really resonate with the Lutheran church. And so uh, they chose Episcopalian because it felt kind of in between. It's sort of like the, the, the pomp, you know, it has some of the formality of, of, of Catholicism with, um, you know, some of the more relaxed aspects of the Protestant faiths, right? So I get um, that. Right? So I was raised Episcopalian, but my relation, and I, oh man, when I was little, I loved it. I sang in the choir, the, the child choir. I mean, all, all of that. But as I became a teenager and got more rebellious, I remember this moment where um, I bought a, uh, there, there were, I grew up in New York City and there, you know, are these flea markets in the village. And so I went down to Canal Street and I bought one of these big oversized sort of uh, men's coats What's that uh, when they have that pattern? I don't know, a herringbone, something mm -hmm. like that. Yes, anyway, those oversized men's coats looked terrible, terrible. But I thought it was the best. And uh, I remember putting it on one day, one Sunday, and my mother said, you're not going to church in that, in that coat. And I, and I was so smart mouthed at that point. I was like, God doesn't care what clothes I wear. That's just, you know, you care what clothes I wear and the people at church, because they're just about showing off. And God doesn't care about my coat. But I took it off and I put on a different coat because my mother is a formidable woman. And, um, but I, 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 that was a point where I just broke with it. You know, I was just like, nope, I, 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 I don't actually feel God in this space. Mm. I feel people's egos and societal pressures and the need to be better. So that one, that was the moment really I, I began to distance myself from the Episcopal mm. Church and went deeper into meditation and more inward. I'm, I'm by nature, I'm a mystic. I've always been a mystic. I mean, I've been in love with Teresa of Avila my whole life. I've been, there was a, I went through a period where I just read all the saints and I would weep. I went around the churches of Europe one summer in my early 30s and I would stand in front of Mary weeping because I could feel I mean I'm crying now like just the level of surrender and willingness mm -hmm. in the midst of you know this I mean as the story goes you right. know they come in and says yeah. you're gonna have a baby and she's this unmarried child and she says okay you know if that's that's God's will I'll do it and I just I wanted so badly to connect to that level of surrender in my life. And all I could see was all the places where I fell short of that. Mm. So I went through this year or two period where I just really knelt in front of Mary and asked for help and guidance, you know, for her to permeate and, and imprint on me what it was to truly surrender. I mean, and so, um, and, and today I identify still as a mystic, you know, I don't belong to a particular, I spent 14 years with an, a teacher from India, um, you know, meditating and going inward again in a mystical way, um, although I'm no longer a part of that teacher's community. So I, sure. I, I you know, I've, I've sought God in all these different places and really I've found it's, uh, it's an inward journey. Yes. And, and let me let me pause yeah, you right here. That's it. Yeah. First off, that is beautiful. And it, what's what's fascinating to me is that dad was Roman Catholic, mom right Episcopalian, and then you left both and and found your own. And then 
followed the saints and really connected with the, the, the saints who were mystics and found yourself really practicing possibly, you know, uh, the, the, the Catholic mysticism, but not the Catholic rituals or traditions, you know, yeah. church life, et cetera. Um, so I, I just find that fascinating first off and also beautiful as well, right? The, the mystical part, obviously of that. So let's get real. What do you feel is missing still in your walk with God? Right now, if you were just real about it, no judgment, no anything. We all have something. What's missing? You know, there's still a spot where I don't fully surrender every moment. Mm. You know, there's, there's when things don't go how I want them to go. My first impulse isn't, okay, God, I know you got the wheel. Like, I'm just going to trust. My first impulse is like, oh no, you know, this is bad or wrong or, right? And so there, not, I catch myself so much more quickly than I used to. Mm. And sometimes I'm able to make the turn even before I have the thought of like, this is terrible. Sometimes I'm able to make that turn. It, it, you know, it's funny. It's much more easy for me to make that turn when I'm traveling. Somehow when I'm not in my own environment and, and I'm dealing with unexpected things that happen on the road, you know, the plane's delayed. I, I'm able to ride God through that. Like, okay, I know you got this. I'm just going to keep going and see where this is supposed to go. Because clearly there's a reason I'm supposed to have missed that plane, right? Yeah, I'm able to get really there really quickly. But in other areas, when I'm at home, in my own environment, you know, and you can say sort of where the ego structures are a little more fixed um, or in my business, uh, it takes, that's not always the first thought. You know, the first thought is, oh, this is terrible. How do I fix it? Yeah. And I think and welcome, then, welcome to humanity, yeah. right? That's, that's, that's your humanness showing up. It's the fallen nature. It's the rebellion to God, right? Rather than reliance on God. Like that's exactly. just, that's the yin yang that's happening within all of us. So I would love to continue this conversation and I'm probably going to invite you back on because I know you, you have so much more depth and breadth and range. Um, so I really want to go there. Plus you're really an enjoyable guest. So let's wrap up this show, this episode. Let's get into my favorite part of the show. Uh, so BC Nation, we're speaking with Marie Elizabeth Molly. You can find her at M-E-M-A-L-I.com. And she'll tell you about her gift in a second. Uh, but let's get into my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. What's your favorite thing about God? Uh, it, omni, like uh, vastness, beyond. Got it. Got it. What's your least favorite thing about God? Uh, such a taskmaster. There's no getting around it. <laughs> what are you most afraid of? Failing. Got Failing it. God. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Hating myself. Mm. What secret fear do you have about people? That they don't want what I have to offer. Yeah, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Oh, just how all-loving I mean, that's going to make me cry, but just the love. I got that. What's a new habit you want to form? Always turn to God first. Yeah, 
I get that. What's a bad habit you want to break? Doubt. Doubt kind of goes together, doesn't it? <laughs> um, pick three words to describe who you are now. Seeking. Hmm. Um, it's three words is what? A stand for transformation. Yeah. And... Um, hmm. Deep. Yeah, I get that about you. Pick three, <laughs> words to, pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. Fearful. Mm-hmm. Um, tight, like constrained, and willful. Wow, got it. And last question, Marie Elizabeth, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Love who you are because God made you. Amen, girl. Any final (laughs) wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? And I only have about 20 seconds. It's worth it. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) It's worth it. BC Nation, it's worth it. Do you love listening to this show, BC Nation? Do you love Broken Catholic and guests like Marie Elizabeth? Then go ahead to iTunes, subscribe to the show if you haven't yet. Write a five-star review about Marie Elizabeth and how wonderful of a guest she was. And also share this show with your friends, with your family. Why? Because they're struggling. They need someone to stand for them and bring these messages. I speak about the things that nobody else is speaking about, about the struggles of humanity. Whether you're Christian, Catholic, Protestant, Jew, atheist, remove the labels. We're all human. We all struggle. We all need God. That's the unifying message here on Broken Catholic. So, Marie Elizabeth, you have a gift for my listener. What is it? I do. It's called the Leap Your Confidence Formula. It's a guide with four steps to having confidence in any conversation, any new situation. If you have trouble walking into a room full of people you don't know, or if you tend to clam up when you need to bring up something difficult, this uh, guide will help you have more confidence. And if you go to memali.com slash leap, L-E-A-P, you can grab that there. All right, BC Nation, go get that now and reach out to Marie Elizabeth. She's a fabulous human being. Thank you for being on my show, Marie Elizabeth. And I wish you God's love, God's peace, and God's joy in your life. Thank you. Back at you. It's been my pleasure talking with you. Thank you for the wonderful questions. You're welcome. God bless. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then What I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. 
Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.